Hey ladies, it's Ashley, and you're listening to the podcast Penthouse to Pentecost. The name might sound extreme, but isn't that just like our God? He parts seas. He brings the dead to life. He makes extreme moves. He spared nothing to find me. My name's Ashley, and to the world I'm nobody, but to God I'm the one he left the 99 for. And he's leaving the 99 for you too. In this podcast, From Penthouse to Pentecost, I discuss deep, real, raw topics of what living in the valley of the shadow of death is like and how I and many other women were redeemed from a life of living hell. Disclaimer. Topics discussed here may not be suitable for young ears. So normally when I am interviewing somebody, I have some sort of notes or some sort of idea. And last week I interviewed um, Pam, who was in, she was a white witch. And I had this idea that, you know, that's really interesting. Now she is um, saved by Christ. So I'm thinking that that's the story, but then she opens up about how she had an abortion when she was 17. And so I think I know, but I don't know. Right. So I just am trusting that the Lord is going to show up here today. I know that you have a beautiful testimony and Tiara speaks so highly of you. That girl. (laughs) (laughs) He is, um, she's a treasure. She really is. It's, um, it's like beautiful being saved. Being saved is a gift and it's beautiful, but watching somebody else go from like kind of rejecting the idea to like diving in head first and like, it's just, it's better than mine. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, it's, it's always better when you watch somebody else. It's yeah. God is so good. He is. So I'm going to, um, would you, Pray us in. Yeah, sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your many blessings that you bestowed on us. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for life more abundantly. We thank you for healing and wholeness, God, that you've designed each one of us to walk in. Father, I ask that you would just have your way on this podcast today, God, that my words would be your words, God, and Ashley would follow the the leading of your spirit, Father. God, I thank you, Lord, that lives will be transformed forever by your word and your glory, Father. God, I thank you that healings will take place, salvations will come forth, God. And God, whatever happens today, we will be careful to give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jody. So if you wouldn't mind um, just introducing yourself. Yes. My name is Jody Cordon. I am a um, new Floridian. I have moved to Florida in just a couple months ago, so I'm still learning my way around here, but um, I'm loving South Florida. It's beautiful. What part of Florida do you live in? We live in Port St. Lucie, so it is about 45 minutes north of West Palm Beach. Why did you move? Because God told us to. So in 2016, um, my God speaks a lot through, um, my husband and I through dreams and God actually gave him a dream of us living in Florida. Now, mind you, I had just moved to Missouri and that was a word from God also. 
that got us there. And um, <laughs> so we were like, wait a minute, we just moved. Like what? And over the course of the next six years, a lot transpired that um, really pushed to see why that God had us in Missouri temporarily. And um, there's a long story behind all that, but God is a restorer of relationships. And during that time that God allowed me to be in Missouri, I was able to restore hurt and past relationships with my mother and father who have since passed away. And so we knew that we were going to be moving to Florida. We still at that time didn't know when, but we knew last year that the time was drawing nigh. I still don't know why I'm here except for ministry. So this is a journey that we are 100% following God. We left our four grown kids, three grandkids back in Missouri, and we are walking this thing out and mm-hmm. trusting God. I kind of feel like Abraham. God told Abraham, go. Oh, wait, what? You just go. <laughs> okay, north, south, east, or west. Just go. So that's kind of how we feel. Uh, we've had some of our friends call us the modern day Abrahams because you just, you just up and went. And I'm like, you have to. When you yeah. know that God is telling you to go somewhere and pushing you, you have to go. Because yeah. I have found in our obedience it's what is waiting on the other side and it's always someone it's always a person or a group of people that need to hear what you have to say they need to meet you so that's how we got here it, that's the short of it there's a long story but that's the short of it god said yeah. go yeah definitely um and not only somebody waiting for you that needs you but somebody that that like i need you know yes. what i mean Like, because I want to continue to grow. And I I heard a pastor say delayed obedience is still disobedience. And I don't want to be disobedient to God today. No. Why? What what would be the point of that? You know, Exactly. what what would be my goal in that? I feel like an Abraham with this podcast, like, I have no idea what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what I'm doing either. Mm -hmm. But I trust you. And I trust that you're gonna. And I've met so many nice people and I've had such good conversations. And I think that like um, just rejoicing together about what God is doing in our lives and, and just how good he is. Oh yes. Can't really go wrong there. No, absolutely not. And the, just on a side note, the podcasts I've listened to have been great. I think they're wonderful. Did you grow up going to church? So the reality is that my (laughs) um, parents were, hardcore drug addicts. My father was actually the second largest drug dealer in St. Louis, Missouri. And I grew up in a trap house and my aunt. So my dad was one of 15 children, had one aunt that was saved. None of the other ones knew about the Lord. And, um, so my aunt, Melissa, you probably know who she is. Cause you know what family I'm a part of. Maybe, I don't know, Melissa, I was four years old and she took me to church. And I always say that had it not been for her, I don't know that I would have maybe down the road because God always has a way to, to present the gospel to each person. Okay. But she was my lifesaver. She was my peace. She was my constant. Like I knew it's okay. It's Wednesday. I'm going to go to church. So did I grow up in church when I went with her, but my home life, 
no, it was no, it was a trap house. It was drugs. It was crime. It was everything that you could think of. It was perversion. It was, you name it. So I really, um, I came to know the Lord when I was eight years old. It's the first time I got saved. My aunt Melissa always made sure I went to church camp. Church camp's a good place to get saved and to get the Holy Ghost. Wednesday nights, Holy Ghost night. You couldn't get it on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday, but Wednesday night, you better show up if you want the Holy Ghost. And so um, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 12 and my life was just crazy after that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you got saved and filled the Holy Ghost when you were young. I bet you've had a great life. And I'm like, oh no, the real fight started when I said yes to God. When I said yes to God, it was the enemy's like, oh no, I'm not letting her go easy. So did a lot of bad things, a lot of, um, a lot of promiscuity. I was in a lot of different bad situations, put myself there. And when I went, but I went, when I was 17, I went back to that same church camp and I felt God just during the altar call. I, I was so convicted and I kept sitting there, you know, you just sit there and you're like holding the pew in front of you and your knuckles are turning white. That's how I was. And I honestly felt the Holy Ghost just grab me by my shirt and yank me to the altar. Like, girl, I want you. Yeah. I want you. It doesn't matter what you did before we got here. I want you. And I got saved. And that was the start of my actual walk with the Lord. Um, that has not been easy, by the way. <laughs> so, um, no, I did. So, so the like I said, I, my answers are probably going to be, long and short, like I could go on, but, um, maybe we'll do a week long podcast sometime and I'll tell you everything. (laughs) Stay tuned. Yeah. Right. There's more. Um, we'll have some, um, commercial breaks. I'm sorry. (laughs) So you said that you, um, came back to Christ at age 17. Yes. That's awesome. And I've walked it out since, um, I'm 45. I just turned 45. And so 28 years. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I, I try to tell my kids and my husband, I don't have birthdays. So when I turned 40, I said, I no longer have birthdays. But every year they keep coming and they keep telling me happy birthday. So they come quicker. Right. As you get older. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> what was it like um, walking out of that? Like, what are what are some of the obstacles that you went through since following Christ? Okay. So when I first read when I really got a relationship with the Lord when I was 17, the way that I knew I was changed and different is because the first thing I did was call all of my friends and my running buddies and my drug buddies. And they were like, okay, like stay away from me. And they started calling me mother Teresa and just, they didn't know. I don't hold that against them. They were ignorant. We were just punk kids. Right. And that's how I knew, okay, something has changed because I'm actually talking about this. Um, and so it's my story is, a little bit different. And I know you've heard part of my story, but as soon as I got saved, the enemy then sent a preacher into my life. Yes. An enemy sent a preacher. I don't know if you know that happens, but yeah, he does. And, um, he was an evangelist and he actually had come to our church and we had, we got together and I ended up marrying him less than three months of being together and knowing him. So that, my walk with Christ started off like I was, 
I mean, I was on fire. I was gung ho. I had so much zeal. You know how you get that first love and then this fire comes in and you like want to tell everybody about it. And then I had this person that came into my life that for the next 16 years was going to be not good. And um, I was able to survive that because of God. Like, I don't know how some of the situations that I was put in with this individual and the abuse that I went through, how I would have ever survived without Christ. So my walk with Christ is a little bit different because through all of the pain and suffering and abuse, it only drew me closer to the Lord. Like, did I ever question why God allowed it to happen? No, I don't knock people for doing that. But I learned a long time ago that man has a free will. Yeah. And God lets us have our free will. So my walk with Christ is just, it's kind of like, it's not a roller coaster. I don't like that term because it makes makes me feel like I'm all over the place. It's more of a learning that I have no other choice but to rely on the Lord. Like I my strength of everything is in the Lord Yeah, to survive from day to day is the, even now is the Lord. And so, um, since I've been away from that situation, it's been 12 years and I've been remarried for 10. Thank God for my remarriage. I have a jewel. I promise you God is so good. He's a restorer. Since I've left that, that situation 12 years ago, it's like my relationship with the Lord changed. It was more like I understood that he now is my father and he wants really good things for me. Yeah. You know, he, I can actually go to him and call him dad. I can, you know, he's my lover. He's my best friend. And so my, that, my relationship has shifted into different phases throughout the last 28 years. And it's not that my relationship when I was 17 wasn't good and wasn't right because it was, but that's where I was. But now I no longer do milk. I need a steak dinner. I need the meat. I need the, and one thing I have learned about, about the Lord. And this is, if anybody ever needs a revelation, it's this, he is all about relationship. He just wants you. Yeah. He does not want you to feel like you have to change anything to come to him because the more that you spend time with him, the more that you're in his presence and you have that relationship, he'll strip away what needs to be stripped away. And it's not going to hurt you like it would have if someone else had come along and said, you need to change that. You know, you need to do this and this and this. So my relationship with Christ has grown tremendously, especially the last 12 years because it took on a whole new, that's my dad. And he only wants good things for me. And he is not, and this was, Ashley, this was the hardest thing for me to understand that God is not up in heaven with a big stick waiting for me to mess up so he can knock me in the head. So a lot of times as believers, if we're not careful, we look at our relationship with God, like our relationship with our earthly father was. Yeah. And that's what I did for years because my dad and I love my dad to pieces. I was a daddy's girl. But my dad was a hard man and he was abusive. And like I said, God's a restorer. So later on in life, God restored that. But that doesn't change the fact of what happened 
So when I would feel like I did something wrong in my walk with the Lord, I would like almost hide like a little child, like, oh, he's going to be so mad at me. And really? No, no. I heard this one time and I said all the time, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He just wants you. He's crazy about you. He just wants you to sit down and spend some time with him. So my relationship has changed, Ashley, over the years. It's it's taken on a different role, a different meaning, a different, it's just a different walk. It's just a walking, just walking with him, just hand in yeah. hand, walking with him. I don't have to dress it up. If I'm having a bad day, the Lord knows it. Like, Lord, I'm not really feeling this today. Like I'm not, you know, my mind's not right today or my emotions are all over the place today. And he knows that he's not going, you shouldn't be like that. You know, (laughs) you know better. He's not like that. Get it together, sister. (laughs) Right. Right. He's just like, come on, come sit down with me. Let's talk about it. So let's do it together. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Really. I'm actually reading this book, um, relating with God as he designed. It's right here. It's, um, I'm in the middle of reading it. I love that. I love the title. She, it's this lady at my church. She wrote it. Her name is Lauren Quagliata. That's a fun name. Yeah. Um, but spell it, that in fifth in a kindergarten. No, I can't spell that in this. <laughs> but she talks about the different types of relationships as the Bible describes them. So, like potter and clay, and right. um, and then eventually, you know, father and child, and then bride and bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful. Um, but you said something that I just so relate to. And it's, I take what I was given as an earth, like my earthly father, and I try to compare the two. Yes. And um, it's not comparable. That's because right. like you had a, a, a different relationship. My relationship with my dad, he was absent. And then I thought that he, that God had restored a relationship between us, but he, my dad relapsed. And, and so what I thought I was getting is it's just different. It's not what, um, it's not what I thought. And um, so it makes it hard. And it's like, I think about, um, I know that God is a restorer, Mm -hmm. but even if he doesn't restore that relationship, Mm -hmm. I still, I still want to know him. And even if it makes it like, more of a mental block or like a wall for me to climb to get to know him more. Like, I, I just want to do that. You know, I want to, I want to know what the real heavenly father thinks about me. And um, I just, one of the things I have come to realize about restoration, especially with relationships is the main goal is for you as a human being and as a woman, as a person, because I know men will be listening to this too, is you need to be restored Yeah. as an individual. You need to be restored to God, and then you need to let him begin to restore those broken places. And what I've also realized is that restoration is not always being restored back to the person. Yeah. I I spoke at a a women's conference back in three years ago at a restoration church there (laughs) in St. Peter's, and I gave my testimony. The gory, the details, ugly stuff. That's the first time that I had shared details. Like I had said, yeah, I was in an abusive marriage or yeah, my children were abused, but that was the first time that I let it all out. Mm. There was two other ladies that spoke during the time and their testimonies were that God restored their marriage. 
God restored their marriage. And then I'm sitting there going, well, God, this don't make any sense. And God let me know real quick. Hey, my restoration don't always look the same. And I'm not always going to restore back to that person. And I was like, thank God. Right. Girl, thank God. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. So the most important thing though, is for us individually to be restored back to God. Because if we ever get restored back to God, he will take care of healing those broken places because his goal for us is, and I say this all the time, wholeness is the goal. His goal for us is to be completely whole mind, will, and emotions. He wants everything about us to be balanced out. He wants us to prosper even as our soul prospers. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our appetites, what drives us. He wants those things to be balanced. And to be whole. And the only way that's going to happen is to let him start stripping away things, restoring things, mending things. You go through your seasons of forgiveness. That's another whole nother podcast. Um, But forgiveness, restoration, and, and it's not selfish to do it for yourself. It's really not. People will be like, all you do is, you know, all you're trying, all you're doing is working on yourself. And you better be glad I am. Right. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have liked the Jody that you would have met 15 years ago. That Jody was beat down. That Jody was not good. The Jody today knows I can't do a thing without God. My strength comes from him and I'm full of confidence and I know who I am in the Lord. It is what it is. Here I am. So be glad that he's working on me. Right. (laughs) Amen. Oh, for me, I didn't come to Christ until 2018. I already had kids. Mm -hmm. Tim and I were together. We were, you know, um, living together with our kids, Mm -hmm. um, but we weren't married yet. So, and then um, there's those pictures of me at that time. And like, I had really short, dark hair and he'll be like, that's the Ashley that I don't like. And (laughs) he just sent me (laughs) a video. I love it. Of me getting baptized. And I guess it was, you know, uh, so many years ago today that I got baptized and I had the short, dark hair and, um, and then I went in the water (laughs) and I came out all sparkly and new. And I was like, that's the beginning of the end of the Ashley that you did not like. (laughs) That's right. That's awesome. (laughs) But, um, thank God that, yeah, thank God. Um, and thank God that I have a change of heart where like, he, he gives me new desires of my heart. Mm-hmm. He's stripped away those old ones. Like I used to think that I was going to be this pot baker <laughs> and I was going to bake wedding cakes filled with pot. And that sounded like a really good idea back in right. the day. Right. Um, and I'm so glad that my ideas are so different. That <laughs> <laughs> right. he's given me new, new dreams. Now you buy store-bought cupcakes. It's all good. <laughs> right. We just do the boxes at home. We just there make those. It's just fine. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, but um, you mentioned your aunt and how she planted seeds. And that's just something else that I love too. Um, like we didn't know that that was a seed being planted. Right. And what I really like to look at is it was a seed for you, but look at all the lives that you've touched. It was seeds for them too. And right. so like just the, the domino effect of, of one person getting saved, you know, I just think that's so beautiful. Absolutely. The Bible says that one plants, then somebody comes along and waters that seed, but God is the one that gives the increase. 
And no, I didn't know that. It, I didn't know anything about what seeds were, you know, when I was a young child. But um, God, definitely, she was a huge, huge instrument in my life. And I had, I had a young man. I was my senior in high school. I was not a good senior in high school. I was not good. The first first hour, I, I mean, if I showed, it was study hall. If I showed up, I'm coming in late and I'm coming in high, period. That's just how it was. And he was a Christian. And every day, and I already knew. I knew the truth about the Lord. I knew, you know, by the way, let me take a side note. I graduated when I was 17. This was a few months before I went to that church camp and rededicated my life. Wow. I would go in there and he'd get to talking about the Lord. And I'd be like, God, he's, he's really messing with my high right now. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to hear what he's saying right now. But all he was doing was planting seed. He was just yeah. planting seed. And I didn't want to hear it at the time. But those seeds were then watered. And I gave my heart to the Lord like months later. So I found him on Facebook, like when Facebook became a thing. And I found him and I was like, you remember me? He's like, how could I forget you? My, my maiden name is Faust. He's like, how could I forget you, Jody Faust? <laughs> and I said, you know, you have no idea. You have no idea what you did to me. He's like, what did I do to you? And I said, you planted seed. Man, you showed me the love of Christ and you knew I was high as a kite. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know. And I said, you just kept showing the love of Christ. And he wasn't like saying anything like, you know, preaching to me and, it was just basic stuff like, hey, let me tell you something that happened at church yesterday. Or, hey, let me, you know, and it's just like, I didn't want to hear it. But my aunt had already made sure that I was in a church growing up to that point where I was hearing the word. So the word was being, the seeds were being planted. Then here he comes. Here, let me just pour some water on it for you. And then boom, here's this increase. So I've had strategic people in my life that have done that when I was lost. And I was lost. Um, we all were at one point in time. We admit it. We were completely lost. So I'm thankful. Thankful for seeds, girl. Thankful for people's obedience. Because yeah. my aunt could have been like, I don't feel like dealing with this four-year-old. She's a little brat, you know. <laughs> she, she invested in me, and I'm thankful. Yeah. I love that. Invested. That's so good. Um, I just love the topic of obedience, too. I um, I went to a Joyce Myers conference and I, I didn't know, I, I don't really listen to her very often. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about it, but a friend invited me and, and I went and the fellowship was really good, but mm-hmm. long story, very weird. Um, I parked in a parking lot that was right next to um, a parking lot that I actually woke up um, after being date raped. I woke up in that parking lot like 10 <sighs> years ago. And so we parked right there and, you know, 10 years forward, I'm going to some Christian conference, women's conference, you know, (laughs) and um, just seeing like the night and day difference. And it just got like in my mind, I was thinking about um, working in the strip club and, um, and how I had heard recently that there were ministries that go into strip clubs and talk to the women. They bring them home cooked meals and they preach the gospel. Or yeah. just show them the love, you know, like not shoving Bibles down people's throat. Like that's not going to save anybody. No. Um, that's going to deter them away, really. Yes. Um, and I think we've all experienced some of those people too. Yes. <laughs> or maybe have been that person at once. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
So right in that moment, it's like 10 o'clock at night, me and my mom are leaving this ladies conference. And um, I looked on the internet quickly for a ministry that does that. And it turns out there's tons of ministries that go into strip clubs and do that. And love it. Um, so I reached out to one of them and I actually had a phone call with one of the ladies. It's, it's called Scarlet's Hope and they have multiple, um, or like through in a few different States, like a few wow. brick and mortars throughout the States. And, um, but St. Louis is not one of them. And so I reached out cause I just thought that was very interesting, you know, um, especially with, East, you know, East St. Louis is right over. There's a, a multitude yes. of strip clubs right on the other side of the river. So that's amazing. And I love it because I, I was like picturing what happened to you. And then it's like God just brought full circle. Like this is where yeah. you were here, but now you're healed. Here you are. Yeah. That's amazing. And just it. to be honest, I don't think I would have reached out had I not been doing this kind of stuff anyway. You know, mm -hmm. like in the background, I'm like, reach, I'm like, gaining confidence in myself like hey I started a podcast I want to talk to you you know what I mean? <laughs> right. so I um I'm going to talk to the the founder of Scarlet's Hope in a few weeks and um she just emailed me earlier today and it, it it's about her book called Outrageous Obedience and so that was my whole, point. That whole story is um just that obedience you know like yes. I don't always know and it feels very blind, blind faith. I don't know what, what God has in store, but I know it's better than what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's always better than what I think I've got going on. So exactly. I love that. Uh, and you had mentioned also, um, like we have free will mm -hmm. and I heard somebody say, there's my free will, there's God's will, and then there's your free will. Mm -hmm. And if, if I got hurt, it wasn't necessarily God's will. It was that that's other person's right. free will. And um, I think that's, that's so one cool. thing that I um, had to come to, to grips with is that, you know, um, God is not going to override something that he gave us and that's free will. So, you know, you hear it all the time when someone gets in a bad situation or somebody gets hurt. Oh, I don't know why God allowed that. Yeah. Well... God allows us as human beings to make a choice. And unfortunately, a lot of people suffer from the choices. Yeah. And, but what I, as a Christian, I don't say those things. Not that I'm knocking anyone that does, but I don't personally say, I don't know why God would allow that. What I in turn say is, well, I know that all things, good and bad, work together for good. Yeah. For me, because I love Christ and I am called according to his purpose. So yeah. do I like it? No. Did it hurt? Yes. But I refuse to let it be for nothing. And when I was in Tennessee, I went to a, I preached at a women's conference in Nashville in August. Sitting in my hotel room and I heard the Lord say this, I waste nothing. Mm -hmm. And I said, thank you, Lord. You waste nothing. Anything we walk through, good, bad, ugly, nasty, gory. He don't waste any of it. He takes it all. And somehow, I don't know how he does it, but somehow he takes it all. Every piece, everything, every broken thing. And he in turn works it and makes something beautiful. Makes it all good. And oh, yeah. that is... 
when I first started talking about the things that I've been through, um, we don't have time to get into all that today, but when I started talking about it, I remember the Lord telling me, stop hiding your scars. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but you know, nobody wants to hear about, you know, I'm just another abused woman. And the first time that a, a lady asked me to speak at a conference, this was back, I had only been away from um, my ex-husband for probably two years, something like that. And I had never really talked about it. People just knew it didn't work out between us because I had covered all that abuse for 16 years. What made me leave was when I, it surfaced what he had been doing to my kids. That's when Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gone. Yeah. But I covered up all the abuse up to that point. So I didn't really talk about it. And I had a lady ask me to speak at her women's conference. And I just like, I just want you to give your testimony. And I'm like, you want me to give my testimony? And I, you know, I have no problem talking in front of people. I, there's not a shy bone in my body. I have no problem. Like there could be a million people on this call right now. I, I'm still, still <laughs> going to be me. I'm not nervous. That's just how I am. You're going to get what you get. And I was like, wait, you want me to do what? And so I remember I was sitting out in the lobby because she had, uh, had rented a conference room at a hotel. And it was basically different women giving their testimonies about how that God had delivered them from abuse. Some of it was drug abuse. Some of it was, you know, marital abuse, whatever. I'm sitting out in the lobby and I'm writing down like what I'm going to say. So I'm going to stay on point. And I write a little bit. I said, Oh, I can't say that because, because what it was, he and I had pastored in that town for a long time. And he was a, he was a minister. And I was like, I can't talk about him like that. You know, I don't, I crumple it up and I'll never forget it and just throw it on the ground. And I just write, Oh, I can't say that because, you know, and finally the Lord was like, open up your mouth and talk about the things I've done for you. Mm. Period. No matter what. And I'm like, okay. So that was the first time that I was, I was able to, and I wasn't up there very long, believe it or not. I am a chatterbox, but that day I was not. And I remember just kind of talking about how they got it delivered me. And, and another side note here is that I had been delivered from the marriage physically, but I was still my mm-hmm. mind. I had to go through a whole mind renewal just four years ago. That's another podcast. You have to bring me back, Ashley. Um, but I just, what little bit I said as I was going back to my seat, I had women grabbing me and hugging me and saying, you have no idea what you just said changed me. And I'm thinking, I didn't really say it. Like, I, you don't even really know what I've been through. So then as time progressed and I realized I have something to say. Yeah. God said, stop hiding your scars. And I was like, hiding my scars? Like, but you're the healer. And he instantly took me to the scripture when Jesus was raised from the dead. And he presented himself to his disciples. And I really feel the Lord right now. Um, he presented himself to his disciples and they knew him by his scars, scars in his hands. It's me. Yeah. And the Lord was like, if, if I'm not afraid to show mine, why are you afraid to show yours? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. And so from that point on, and that's honestly, actually, that's only been about four or five years ago that I really stepped into this. Like, I'm going to talk about it. It's not pretty to hear, but man, it'll set you free. It'll set you free. And I said, 
at that point in time, God, I will talk about it. Whoever wants to hear it. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about your delivering power. I'll talk about your salvation. I'll talk about your wholeness, your healing, and I will make it my point in life to minister to every hurting woman and hurting child. That will be my goal to let them know that no matter what God loves them and he is going to restore them and he's going to work it off for good. So I'm not afraid to talk about it anymore, girl. I'm not. And since I have talked about it, there's been, I can't tell you the conferences I've been to and the women just grabbed me. And I'm, for instance, a lady comes to my mind right now. She's almost 60 years old. And I gave my testimony and talked about how my whole thing is about forgiveness. One of the hardest things you'll ever have to do. And that was kind of what I, I went, a big portion of it was about that. And she met me out in the parking lot. And she said, my grandfather molested me and raped me when I was a young child. For years he did it. She's almost 60. But that day, she said, today I let it go. Today I forgave. So I showed my scars. I was very vulnerable and transparent. I'm probably one of the most transparent people you'll ever meet. And when I look at that stuff, I'm like, God, you know what you're doing. If I will just step out in obedience to you who says, don't show your scar. Don't, don't be afraid of your scars anymore. Girl, talk. You're going to overcome. And when you overcome, others are going to overcome. So God's just, I could go on and on. God has been amazing. Amazing, amazing. He's an amazing God. He is. So you, um, you started talking at lady ladies conferences and, um, what do you do in your church now? Or have you found a home church? Since I have not found a home church yet. Um, this is a whole nother thing, but I am really feeling like that God is, uh, well, I know he has, it's not feeling it has, is really called us out of the church and into yeah. the streets. Yeah. Um, my husband um, has been in a gang. He was a meth addict. He's been clean and free for, now we're getting close to uh, nine years now, I think. Wow. Um, Wow. Praise God. (laughs) Anyways. um, So he's got something to say and so do I. And we just feel like that, you know, God wants us out there to the people that will never come to a church. They'll come to your house and drink a cup of coffee with you Mm. and they'll let you talk about God. I love it. Mm. They'll meet you at the the beach, listen to you sing. So that's what we're, I've been praying about it. And I know God's opening up some stuff. But when I was in Missouri, I um, I didn't really have a, like a role in the church, but a lot of women in the church. And then I do, I, I minister to a lot of women that either don't go to church or that, that they know me from, because I lived in Arkansas, so I, Missouri, got married, moved lived in Arkansas, came back to Missouri in 2015, now in the Florida. Anyway, um, I have people in Arkansas that still, I still minister to ladies all the time. So my thing is, I mean, I minister to ladies that are in church too, but God always sends the broken ladies to me and the broken children or the children or the ladies with broken children. And um, so, but I love a good women's conference. 
oh, give me a room full of women. I just, <laughs> I love it. The, I, I heard a preacher one time, and it's actually T.D. Jakes. He said he preached a message because the Bible says the woman that had the issue of blood, he preached a message, message about a woman and her issues. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a room full of women. Let's talk about some issues. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm You're um, welcome. I appreciate you coming on here, and I will definitely want to have you back and hear more about your story and See how you continue to, to girl talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's my honor, Ashley. Thank you so very much for having me today. appreciate every single person that tunes in. It means so much to me. If you wouldn't mind taking the time to give me a five-star review on however you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, and um, I would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll see you guys next week.